Hello, and welcome to Some of the Answers with Jen and Jamie. This is the official podcast of Third Eye Family Solutions, where we help you find a new perspective that will empower you to live a life of your dreams. Each week, we explore topics that are designed to help you face the challenges that come with life. We don't have all of the answers, but we do have some of them. So join us as we share our thoughts, ideas, and advice to bring your ideal self into focus. Hello and welcome back. This is episode six of Some of the Answers, and today we're going to talk about uh, some more about extraordinary relationships. So last time we talked about what an extraordinary relationship looks like, how we defined it. That's right. And this week we're going to talk, start to talk about how do I get from here, wherever here is, to there, to having an actually extraordinary relationship. Um, And we wanted to remind you that this is not just talking about intimate partnerships, although that's where our focus and what we're talking about is. You can actually apply this to any relationships with your parents, with your friends, with your children. Um, It's really fine. And we are going to take a few episodes to explore this, but we're going to start today with communication. So Jamie, if I wanted to get from where I am That's right. to having an extraordinary relationship, where would I even start? Well, you got to, you want to start by taking an honest look at your relationship. Yeah. So you're going to have, like, you, you want to assess your relationship and see where it is currently. You want to, you know, some places to look could be like, am I satisfied in this partnership? Yes. Right. And is my partner satisfied? And, you know, you might also look at, so it might be that there are things that really work about your relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really important that you or me or we are clear about what's working inside of relationships, right? Yeah, because it's really easy to focus on all the stuff that doesn't work, right? That's right. This is going wrong, and this isn't good enough, and we get stuck there instead of really being honest about, oh, we have all these other things that are really great. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you want to be clear about what is working, and then, like you said, you want to look at what isn't <laughs> right. working. <laughs> so, um, you know, in and once you're clear about what isn't working, and look, here's here's one way I would suggest doing that too. So sometimes inside of my relationship, I'll actually do kind of like map it on life. Yeah. Because we don't live in a in a vacuum, so our relationship is impacting all of the other areas of life. So I might look at how are finances working inside of my relationship right do we fight about money yes are we do we have common goals around money and saving and spending or is it a constant struggle exactly yeah. right and and like how about my immediate space is how i would say it might so it might be like our home yeah our cars i don't but our physical environment right is that working inside of my relationship yep and some other places to look are, you know, what about, so intimacy inside of my relationship? What about how are my friendships and partnerships with other people in life working inside of my relationship? Romance, r- parenting, right? Yeah, parenting's often a big one, right? We have disagreements around parenting. There's stress around parenting. And then there's other things inside parenting where we have a really great dance and things are working really well. That's right. And then you might want to look at other things like common hobbies or travel, life goals, purpose. And oftentimes what, you know, like if I look at my relationship, it might be like, okay, so if I look at my life as a whole inside of this thing called my relationship with my husband, there are parts that are really working, right? Like it might be that. So my, our friendships and our common interests and travel and 
There might be, like, right now there are areas that aren't working. Specifically for us, right, like our finances. Yeah. We have, we have really different financial, um, we have different experiences of our current financial state right now. Yeah. And, and our home. So we're transitioning a lot. Mm-hmm. We have like a bunch of <laughs> extra things in our house momentarily. Yep. Um, you know, and so I, I would just stop and look. At, let me assess what's working or not working in my relationship and up against all the areas of life that are important to me. Yeah. And, you know, just make a list, right? Write it all down. Um, my husband and I just did an exercise where we were looking at all the things in life we were committed to. And that's the way I did it was looking at each area of life. I have a commitment to this and this and this. And, and then looking just as we are saying at where's, where is it working? Where is it not? Like I have a commitment to eating healthy and most of the time I do it. And then where it doesn't work is when my husband makes, you know, meat and potatoes for dinner mm-hmm. and I come home hungry and have to go make myself my own meal. Right. Yes. So it's the little things like that. It's the big things. Um, we also recommend, you know, talking to a trusted friend to kind of work through this for yourself. If you've got someone who can really just listen, not give you their assessments of yeah. it all or be upset with your partner for something that maybe they have a judgment about. Yeah, look, and that's important too. So I was working out something with my husband um, yesterday and my mom was like, honey, you know, you can always call me and I'll just listen. Mm. And what? And I said, mom, I love you so much. And I know you mean that with your whole heart. And right. you're my mom. So when I call you and I just go, blah, 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 and he did this and that and I didn't like that yes. and that hurt my feelings and I'm sad. Guess whose side she's yes, going to be on. <laughs> yes, and she, you know, she adores us both, but she's going to be like, my baby. And, yeah. You know, and she was like, mm, yep, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And that's fair. It's, but it's totally fair. You just want to know, like, who's actually a, a friend you trust. Right. That's maybe a little bit objective, but most importantly, can listen and not... Um, Side with you or side with your partner, right? Exactly. You wouldn't want to talk to his mom either. Right. In that context. Right. Yeah, because she'd be mad at you. That's right. Why aren't you taking care of my baby, right? (laughs) So if you do decide to talk to somebody, make sure it's somebody that really can be, um, you know, a neutral party, right, in the conversation. Yeah. Um, So once you've done that and you have your, your assessment, okay, here's what I see is working, here's what I see is not working, this is what's missing, Um, and looking at all areas of your life, that's the time to stop and really take a look and see, is this a relationship that could become extraordinary? Yes. Now I'm of the mind that in most cases, the answer to that is yes. And it might take a lot of work to get there, right? right. A to B might be a really long journey and it might be, you know, an uphill hike the whole way. And then there's those times where it's not going to be. Yep. So if you're experiencing emotional or physical abuse in your relationship, it is probably not ever going to become an extraordinary relationship where you have open communication and partnership and you're satisfied, right? That's right. Um, And it's not just that extreme, right? There are other extremes too. If you're married to someone with, you know, particular special needs or disabilities and they just cannot provide for you what you want in a relationship, you may choose that that's okay and you're committed to that relationship and you're going to stay there and you may choose that it doesn't work for you and that you need to move on. And that can, of course, be a big struggle, um, its own three or four episodes of podcasts, but yes, we do have to make that, make that assessment and really but in, make that choice. And we wanted to just be clear about that's a valid, that's a valid choice as well. Absolutely. And that while, you know, we're going to talk 
a lot over the next three episodes about what it takes in the nitty gritty and sometimes to like get in the trenches, if you will, in a relationship to do the real work, to have it be extraordinary. Because I don't know any relationship that's just like, bing, just like right. magical. <laughs> it, 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 and if somebody says it is, like they're lying or it's not real. And we don't mean that what that we're never advocating for that anybody stay in any kind of relationship that's not emotionally, physically, sexually safe for them. Exactly. That that's not okay. Yeah. And that's not what we're talking about. Right. And that's really clear. Thanks for defining it that way. Yeah. Because that is what we mean. So let's assume that you are in a healthy relationship and you have a commitment to make it extraordinary. Um, the next question, of course, is, you know, how do you get there, right? And so when we started to look at that question, what came up over and over and over and over was, well, you communicate. You have to communicate with your partner. And uh, sometimes that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's really challenging. And sometimes we think we're really great at communicating, but we're really not. So um, we have a few different ideas of how to really elevate communication, right? And the very first one is start by asking what, for what you need. What? Yeah. Like actually, as we said in the, in the piece about extraordinary relationships, getting your own needs met, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And how you do that is by speaking that need and asking for what you need. And sometimes that can be really, really hard. And I think in my experience, especially women, that's a really challenging thing to do. We're, we get used to being sort of in the background and taking care of everyone else. And then we have a need. And it becomes sort of intimidating yes. to ask for right? what we need, right? Because I shouldn't feel that way or want that right. or need that. Right. No, I should want to just be with the baby 24 hours a day. Yeah. That's what good moms do. Mm-hmm. They don't take a break. That's right. right? Um, except that good moms do get a break. Absolutely. Right? So it might not be asking for a week's vacation by yourself. It might start with. But it might. It might. <laughs> it might. And if you're there, more power to you and go for it and make that request, right? But if that's uncomfortable for you, you might have to start with, I need a nap today. Yeah. I need you to hang out with the baby while I take a nap. Or um, I would love to just tell on myself. So one thing that, uh, you know, so my husband's launching two new businesses right now. Mm. And he is gone a lot. And even when he's home, he's like on usually like more than one call at the same time. It's like, go, go, go. Or he's texting people or emailing people, right? Constant communication. So we, as a family, went to like a business dinner meeting and it was it was great but then it was late and then I put the girls up in in bed and we usually watch Game of Thrones at night uh-huh. so I come back where I get the I queue up Game of Thrones we're sitting on the couch then his phone rings mm. and he answered it <laughs> so I sat there for like 15 minutes waiting for him to get the phone and he didn't so then I you know instead of asking for what I wanted right I like took myself up to bed mm. and um he came up like I don't know another 15 minutes later probably and was like are we gonna watch our show and I was like no I'm just tired and I don't want to watch the show and it was so funny so the next day we were having lunch and he was like what was that all about Hmm. and I was like well we always watch Game of Thrones and we had like 40 minutes together all day that's all we had and you got on a phone call and my feelings were hurt and he was like he's great he's like so you're saying you're upset because you really wanted to spend time with me yeah and I was like yeah and he's like well okay so I request you just say that Right. Next time. And right. I was like, mm-hmm. But that feels vulnerable. It does feel In the vulnerable. moment, it felt so vulnerable to yeah. say that. Because the things he's doing are important to him. Right. They're important to your family's financial structure and future, right? Yeah. They are valid. They're like all of that stuff. And 
well, why would you get in the way of that? Right? Why and would it's you? And Game of Thrones, <laughs> right? But except it wasn't about Game of Thrones. It wasn't it was about, about Game of Thrones my at husband. all. Exactly. So, so he was like, okay, so this is what it looks like on the court. He yeah. pulls out his calendar and his phone, and he literally, he's like, what time, reliably, do you mm. think we're going to watch Game of Thrones? That's so great. And I will make sure that for that hour, I put it in my calendar, and I make sure that I don't take any phone calls. Yeah. So I'd actually think about it. What's predictable? The girls, the kids. Uh, so eight thirty to nine thirty. Nice every night. Now it's in the calendar. Yep. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So it it seems small, right? Watch Game of Thrones with me is is in a way a really little thing to ask for, but it's not little. It's yeah. really about life is even busier and crazier than it's already been, mm-hmm. and I need that time with you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, there's that whole world of asking for what you need, whatever your particular needs are. Um, and we wanted to talk a little bit about the idea of making requests. So, you know, in that particular instance, right, what you didn't do was say, hey, here's what I need. Yep. Right? And you could have made a request of him in the moment. Yep. And we want to talk a little bit about there's a difference between making a request and making a demand, right? So if you're you know, you're a new mom and you've got a three-month-old baby and you haven't had a shower for three days and you say, can you please take the baby so I can get a shower? And your partner says no, you're probably going to be really, really upset yes. because you don't actually have any room for them to say no. Yes. In that moment, it's not a request. Yes. It's a, it's a demand. It's a, you know, it's an absolute need, right? Yep. A basic need in that moment. Um, and so we're not actually talking about that. We're talking about the world of requests where you do have some flexibility, where if someone were to say to you, yes, I can do that, it would be great. If they say, no, I can't do that, then you can look at what else you could request. Mm -hmm. And if they say, I can't do that now, but I can do that at this other time, that's, you know, that's that's what we call a counteroffer, right? So when you make a request, you make it from the space of, I'm okay no matter what the answer is. Mm. And when you make a demand, you're, you're making it with the knowledge that you need the person to say yes. Yes. And so that's a great way to even distinguish it. You know, if you're going to your partner and saying, I have this thing I need, I don't actually have space for you to say no. Yes. What a powerful thing to do because then your partner's already set up to know, oh, I need to figure out how to say yes to this. And it might be, give me five minutes and then you can get that shower, right? Yeah. But it's not a no, I can't, I'm busy. Um, And when you make a request, you can come in and say, I have a request. And whatever, however you respond is fine, but here's what I would like, mm-hmm. right? So would you say that Game of Thrones was a request or a demand for you? A request. Yeah. Yeah. So if he had said, no, mm-hmm. I can't promise you to make Game of Thrones, you know, at night with yeah. you, you would have been okay with that? I would have. Okay. Well, I would have, I would have did the next thing we're going to talk about. Cool. Okay. So when you make a request... Somebody, like, they can either, they really can't accept your request. Like, yeah, I can do that, or we yeah. can do that. Or they or they might say no. Right. But many times, what might be there is a counteroffer. Sure. Right? So if he had said, no, I can't do that, given what's needed in the business, then I would have said, okay, then I need us to have time scheduled. Yeah. Some, some time scheduled every day that we just get to be together. Perfect. So what's another time that would work? Absolutely. Yeah. And another activity, right? It didn't have to, like you said, it wasn't about Game of Thrones. It was about time together. That's right. So if he had said, I can't do that, but I promise you, I will get up with you in the mornings and we'll spend 30 minutes together before the girls wake up. Yes. That would have 
satisfied that for you? Yes. Yeah. So that's that's a perfect example of a counteroffer, right? So, you know, as you look at your list that you made of what works and what doesn't work, you might find some places where you have demands to make. Mm. I can no longer continue to be in a partnership with you unless you are willing to split the household chores more evenly with me. Yes. That might be a demand. Yeah. Um, and then there might be a specific request called, if I cook dinner, will you clean the dishes? And you might get a yes, you might get a no, and you might get a counteroffer and says, yes, and I want to do half the cooking. And when I cook, you do the dishes, right? And now you've created a whole new structure together where you still are getting your needs met. You don't feel like you're doing all of the dinner work. Yes. And you've both created something that works for you. A win-win. Yep. And I just, can I say something I, I discovered? Course. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm discovering it again in this conversation with you, but I can, you know, it's ongoingly this week, that in the world of assessing what works in a relationship and then making requests, you have to first be clear about what you want. Yeah. So when you can see something's not working the way you want it to, you got to like have the self-awareness and the willingness to actually look for what you want Mm -hmm. and then sometimes it takes courage to say what you want yeah especially when what you want is different than what you have been getting yes yeah yes so I just wanted I don't know I just wanted to highlight that that yeah that we know we're 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 suggesting this be an avenue that works in relationships and that that does require some courage and some self-assessment about what you need and what it takes to ask for yeah what you need well and it's funny too i just wrote a blog post for the website that um i'm not exactly sure when it'll be posted but it will be up soon and it's about how do we dream big Mm. right we get so trained from a young age, I think that the example I used in the in the blog post was, you know, when you're six, being a ballerina astronaut veterinarian seems perfectly reasonable. And then the adults around you start telling you that it's not. Yes. Because you're probably not going to be a professional ballerina and an astronaut and a veterinarian, right? Not in one lifetime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so we start to look at everything we want through a filter, is it obtainable? Could I really have that? Probably not. So then we give up on it and move to some other idea or dream. And it's the same thing in this conversation. Mm. You know, when we say, what is it you really want in your relationship? It's not the, well, it would be nice if my partner would do dishes now and then. No, I want partnership with household chores, period. That's what I want. I'm not talking about an absolute 50-50 where we're keeping score, but I want to know that that is something we share, we do together, and that our workload inside of it is balanced. Yeah. Yeah. So allowing yourself to really look at what you want, it can be vulnerable and it can be scary, and it's worth it. That's right. Totally worth it. So we had a couple of ideas of specific exercises that you could do um, to create some more communication in your relationship. Um, the first one's really simple. Um, the, my husband and I call it just listen. And we actually did this recently, but we, we have this thing where we can come to each other and say, okay, I need you to listen to me. I have some things I need to say. And for the next five minutes, I need you to just listen. Mm. And the only thing that other person's allowed to do is if you say something that makes no sense to them, they say, can you clarify that? Right. Something like that. Okay. Um, otherwise they are not to say a word. No reaction, no, 
you know, yes, but nothing. Just listen and set a timer for it. So this is not a dialogue. This, this is, is not like a dialogue. Five minutes. I'm going to say what I need to say. Exactly. Give me my time. I've got the floor. Here's what needs to be said. Because a lot of times when we have conflict, when we have things we need to bring up, what happens is we have an intention, we start a conversation, mm. and then the dialogue takes us somewhere else. Yes. And so it's an opportunity to really say, okay, this is what I need to tell you. I need to let you know about this, and I felt bad about this, and here's what's going on. Um, and set a timer. If it's five minutes, set the timer for five minutes. Okay. And expect that your partner will have some things to say about it at the end, right? Yes. Um, but their job while you're talking is to just listen. That's and right. Then, and at the end of it, they may want five minutes, and then you can dialogue. Okay. Or they may say, great, can we dialogue about this now? And then you can have a conversation. So that's one. It's really simple. It's really clear. Um, it's kind that's of funny. Right. My, my husband uh, thinks he doesn't talk much. So he, when we first tried this, he said, there's no way I can talk for five minutes. <laughs> and he filled that five minutes with no problem. Because <laughs> we don't often get opportunities where we're just being listened to. Yes. And they're so important. So that's one. And All then right. the second one. I'm really intrigued tougher. about the second one. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about this one you called amnesty. Yeah. So it's the amnesty exercise. So the idea is to set aside time for a conversation. And this can be just between the two of you. We've actually done it in our family with all of the kids. Mm. Um, but you can, you know, really between any two people. And during this time, you can say anything you need to say. And specifically anything you've been hiding minimizing, lying about, not saying when it should be said, mm -hmm. all of those things, just get it all out with the promise that there will be no punishment, no retribution, no held resentments, nothing. Now, that's the tough part, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you're on the other end of something, it can be really challenging. So the first time my husband and I did this, um, I can't say the specific incident because I don't have his permission and I don't want to embarrass him, right? Sure. But he shared something with me that was really triggering. Mm. I mean, like physical body trigger. Yes. And I was really upset. And I had promised that there would not be punishment or retribution or held res resentments. And so, you know, he, he said what he said and I got really upset. And he said, you're not allowed to get mad. And I said, no, wait a minute, hold on. This isn't about that you're not, you're promising to not have emotional reactions, right? I had an authentic reaction. What I did promise was that I wasn't going to hold on to it. And what I had to do after that conversation was go talk to someone else that I trusted and say, this is what happened. I'm really upset about it. Here's why. And talk through it mm. so that I could keep my promise of not being resentful. Mm. And, you know, it's really great when we did this with the kids. Um, this was a, a couple years ago, so... Uh, my stepdaughter was about 18 and her brother was about 12 at the time. And one of the things that he said was to his sister, I stole some money out of your piggy bank. It was about three or four dollars. It wasn't a huge amount of money, but it was, you know, it was a big deal for him. And I know that that had been eating him up mm. for however long it was. It was like a year or something at that time. And she, just like I did, she had it. You could see her body language change. She stiffened, she, all of it. And then she took a big breath and she said... I forgive you. Please don't ever do that again. And he said, I won't. And it, so it got out of his space, this thing he'd done that he knew was wrong when he did it. Yep. He didn't have to hold on to it anymore. He could just be free of it. Yes. And she was able to take it and graciously accept the, the communication, 
accept the apology and let it go. It was a really beautiful moment to see between our kids. Yeah. And the thing about these conversations is, you know, and especially if you're doing it with your children, the first time you do it, you might not get great results. Mm. Right? It's like kind of testing the waters. Oh, I've got some things I could tell you. Mm -hmm. You know, remember when I forgot to do this and it's a little bitty thing and, you know, and then you look and wait and see, are you really mad at me or is it okay? Mm -hmm. But the more you can see that it is okay, the more it opens up that safe space for something that might be big. Because that stuff, it just eats away at us. Yes. And there's no way to have an extraordinary relationship with that kind of garbage in the background. Well said. Yeah. So um, those are just a couple of different exercises that you can try on as far as communication goes. And in the next couple episodes, we're going to talk more about other ways to have your relationship be extraordinary. We're going to talk about the five love languages. Um, And if I have time, I'm going to do some research. I just saw one that was the sixth love language. So we might even have, if you haven't heard about that yet, a, a spoiler, not a spoiler, what do you call it? Like a a surprise in there for you, right? Even if you know about love languages. Um, And some other structures as well, different things that we know of that are great ways for creating extraordinary relationships. And eventually we're going to talk about pitfalls, the pitfalls Mm -hmm. that we fall into when we're trying to create extraordinary relationships. Um, Kind of like what you said earlier about it's got to be perfect. Oh, when we get there, it'll look like bliss all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Spoiler alert, no, it won't. But we're going to talk about those in the next few episodes. And if you have any specific questions about your relationship or creating extraordinary relationships in general, feel free to email us. Our email address is at the end of this podcast. And we look forward to sharing more with you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Some of the Answers. To learn more about Jen, Jamie, or Third Eye Family Solutions, log on to thirdeyefamilysolutions.com. That's third, T-H-I-R-D-I-E-Y-E, familysolutions.com. Some of the Answers podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and Podbean. This podcast is the property of Third Eye Family Solutions, copyright 2020, and the music is owned fully by Gabe Schwartz. Join us next time for Some of the Answers.